You're listening to audio from The House, located in Kelowna, B.C. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit us at thehouseonline.ca. Yes, good morning. Uh, Last week I was scheduled, Chad had scheduled it for the Super Bowl, and I was totally sick, and so he covered. Super Bowl was great. Uh, I enjoyed it from the couch with uh, water and juice and all those kinds of things. Uh, But no, it's good to be here with you and uh, excited to continue in this series as we uh, talk about living in the Spirit. We've been walking through Ephesians, looking at some of the different ways that how how God empowers us to be his people. And, uh, you know, we continue to say it's not about paid professional pastors. Uh, God gives his spirit to each one of us to participate in building his kingdom here on earth. We, We all have a role to play which is good news for each one of us because uh, you don't have to be an as expert scholar or theologian, but you have to be willing and able and, and just say yes to Jesus as he invites us into this mission. And, you know, it's a topic that is so relevant to each one of us because we're all in a different stage. We all have a different journey. And maybe you're here and you're kind of figuring things out, sorting through things. Maybe you're here and you're uh, a long way into the journey of, of following Jesus, le- learning to, to hear his voice, leaning into what he has for us. But all of us can grow in our capacity to, to hear God, to lean in, to uh, say yes to what he wants to do in us and through us. And so, you know, we've been talking about some of these kind of action items, you know, how we pay attention to the, the promptings, the nudges of God's spirit. How do we uh, you know, pay attention to what God is saying and doing in our world. And lots of different things have come out of that. But this morning, I want to talk about a different aspect of living in the Spirit. I want to talk specifically about the people we are becoming, the kind of people we're, we're becoming. Because really, as we talk about a life in the Spirit, we're, and this morning, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. What we're talking about is the, the evidence, the, the outcome of a life in the Spirit, the people we are becoming. And I want to challenge you with this question this morning because I've been challenged by it myself this week. It's this question, what is the fruit of your life? What is the fruit of your life? What's the fruit of my life? It's a question that's been rolling around in my brain this week. I want to read from Ephesians 5. Paul says in in Ephesians 5, he says, for you were once darkness, now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Paul begins this section by reminding the church of their identity. And whenever we talk about living in the Spirit, we need to talk about our identity as God's people because he, he says, you know, you were once this thing. You were once darkness. In, in chapter two, you'll say you were once totally dead in your sins, but now something has happened. Something different has taken place and it's totally radically changed who you are. He says you were marked by God's spirit. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. It's this amazing live as people of light people who, who represent Jesus. And in fact, the whole book of Ephesians has this pattern. 
The, the first three chapters talk about our identity as God's people, our identity as, you know, what Jesus has done for us, what that means for us, how God has blessed us and marked us by his spirit. The first three chapters are full of this. And then the, the last three chapters talk about, now live that out. Live from that place. Live from that place. The first three chapters where God has restored you and marked you and empowered you to be his people. Live from that space. Live as people of light. And what does that look like? What's the evidence of that? Paul says it's the fruit of the Spirit. He says it consists in all goodness, righteousness, truth, uh, in, in Galatians 5, we have this kind of classic, great, amazing text on the fruit of the Spirit. And Paul says, you know, the, the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the kind of things you get when you make more space for God in your heart and in your life. These are the kind of things that will come out. And don't we all long for a little more joy, a little more peace? to be a little less anxious, a little less irritable. We long for these things. And there's an interesting point here. If the fruit of the Spirit is these kinds of things, the criteria for what a life in the Spirit looks like is different than what we might imagine. I want to say it differently. Fruit matters more to God. A successful life in the kingdom doesn't always look like what we think it might look like. And last week, Chad spoke about the need for us to, to shape our thinking, to renew our thinking, change the way we think. And I want to suggest we probably need to change the way we value things, the things that we measure as a, a fruitful life, how we measure success. Because in the kingdom, the metrics for success are different. The metrics for a life in the spirit is different. And I'm afraid sometimes that what we think matters what we think is successful, these things have been shaped in our hearts by culture, by a bunch of different things. We need to rethink what truly matters and how we measure success. Now, there's a story I heard of a pastor who went, this is about 10 years ago in 2010, to a, a big church conference, kind of a leadership conference. And uh, you know, at that time, there was uh, these big keynote speakers from these guys, mega church pastors. Uh, it's just crazy. But at the time, 2010, this was like Rob Bell and Mark Driscoll and, you know, people who now are kind of, they've moved on from the spotlight in a sense. And, uh, but, but big people that everyone kind of knew their name. They knew their teaching platform. Everyone sort of wanted a piece of them, hear from them. They had you know, these massive, rapidly growing churches. And this pastor talks about how he, he went to one of the breakout sessions. They do these breakout sessions. And he, he noticed that there was one room that was totally, totally packed full, jam-packed. There's people sitting. There's people standing at the back. There's people kind of clamoring to get in around the corner. And, and when he finally could see in, he thought for sure it was going to be, you know, Rob Bell with his cool ripped jeans and his, like, you know, cool, trendy clothes and all those things. And, and sure enough, sitting there was a guy named Dallas Willard, who you might not even know because he's, he's gone now, but a, a, an old pastor at the time in his 70s who had just walked faithfully and diligently with the Lord for years and years and years. 
Uh, no necessarily like flash, no charisma, nothing, no massive church teaching platform, didn't fill stadiums, had totally uncool jeans, like the dad jeans, straight, big, you know, blue jeans like your dad wears. Uh, you don't need to check your jeans now. Don't feel insecure. <laughs> totally not sexy at all. This old pastor and yet all these young leaders are sitting at his feet, wanting to be in his presence, hear from him, learn from him, because there was something about him. He had walked so closely with the Lord for years and years and years. And people talk about him as someone who just the fruit of the spirit was so evident. It was tangible. You could feel it. You could sense it. Fruit matters more to God. Sometimes we measure success the wrong way. If you want to live in the Spirit, if we want to be people who live in the Spirit, we need to rethink what matters and how we measure success. The metrics are different. A successful person doesn't always mean a successful business or a, a booming church or, or you know, a huge following of people. It's not measured by all the things you accomplish, the goals you set, the dreams you have how many letters you get behind your name. It's not even always measured by the capacity of your gifts. Though certainly God has gifted us by his spirit to do amazing things. And that's amazing. We want to step into that and lean into that and take risks, do all those things. But that's not necessarily what truly val is valuable to God. There's an inner person. There's an inner person that you have at your heart, the center of your being that God cherishes. He loves, he cares for, it matters to him. And living in the spirit is not just about what you do. It's about who you are becoming. God wants to shape our hearts. You know, there's this great story in, in the Old Testament. Uh, we love to tell this story to kids because it, it's got a, such a great kind of message it's the story of David who, who uh, you know, Samuel shows up and he has to pick the new king. You know this story. And, and, and of course, they bring out all the usual suspects, the big, tall, handsome, burly guys, because those are always the kings, right? And, and we know the story that, of course, none of those guys, he's in the field, he's a shepherd boy. But we get this great line where God says to Samuel, this is God's words, he says, don't consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at our heart. He sees our heart, who we are becoming. And there's this inner transformation that is so important for us to be God's people. This is where the fruit of the Spirit comes from. And so I want to ask again, what is the fruit of your life? What's shaping that person your heart, that inner self you have, what is shaping that? And what's the fruit of that? Because if you pay attention to what God is doing and if you lean into the spirit and what he wants to say and do in your life, you're gonna get this great list. Joy, peace, faithfulness, gentleness. We love talking about the things we do, right? External things that we accomplish. Pastors do this too, or we brag about like how busy we are and how many you know, meetings we have. And, and you know what matters more than that? That I'm faithful in my marriage to my wife, Carissa, that I'm kind to people, that I'm caring, that I'm gentle. These things matter to God, and they should matter to us too. 
but they get no airtime in society, do they? No one is putting, uh, you know, the 85-year-old the guy on the cover of Time magazine for being faithful to his wife for 60 years. It's just, it's just not happening. We're putting guys up there who have ambition and drive and, and, and these gifts that we can see, charisma, power, influence, authority, all these things that we love to look at and emulate. And yet God values things differently. And the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and faithfulness, gentleness, these things get no airtime. There's a great quote from another saint, uh, Eugene Peterson. He says, there's a great market for religious experience in our world. There's little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue, little inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship in what earlier generations of Christians called holiness. We could host, I'm sure, a great, amazing, epic conference on the gifts of the Spirit or on, you know, uh, worship or something amazing and epic and big and, and probably we're not hosting a conference on obedience or, or patience, all right? Many of you probably would not sign up for a conference on patience and yet these things matter to God. They should matter to us too. Paul says, live as people of light, people who are shaped and marked by God's spirit people who continually are transformed in our inner self who begin to look more and more like Jesus. How do we do this? How do we bear the fruit that matters, fruit that matters to God? Jesus' words from John 15 are crucial here. He says this. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples, showing yourselves to be people who are shaped and transformed by God by bearing fruit that matters. And there's a lot of images, uh, you know, that we get in scripture that maybe don't resonate with us in the same way. We're not all fishermen or, or farmers, uh, but we, we should get this one, the vine and the branches in, in wine country here in Kelowna, because we know that there's, uh, there's no sense in having a branch not connected to a vineyard, right? Just a branch on its own does nothing. And, and the word here, Jesus says, is abide, remain connected. The word kind of means make your home in Jesus, make your home with me as he makes his home with you. He says, stay with me, remain in me, stay connected. And if you do that, you're gonna bear a lot of fruit. If you make space in your heart, in your life for Jesus, there's gonna be fruit that comes out of you amidst the daily interruptions of life, amidst the driving and the working and the busyness. If you can remain connected to God, intimately connected, you're gonna bear a lot of fruit. Bearing fruit begins with abiding in Christ.
And we've continued to say in this series that you know, life in the spirit, uh, abiding with Christ, these kinds of things, they're not just about these walls. This isn't like, man, abide with Christ, come to church. This is, it's so much bigger than that. And an hour and a half service is just not enough to sustain you as you learn to abide and grow in your intimate union with Christ. A preacher can't do it. You know, a church service can't do it. Uh, you know, we created those journals so that from Monday to Sunday, you would have something that helps you stay connected, stay rooted in Christ. Because we know that it's bigger than this church building. It's bigger than uh, what we do on a Sunday morning. And we could have the most epic, amazing worship services here on Sunday. But then Monday comes, and then Tuesday comes, and Wednesday comes. And you need to learn how to abide. And how you do that will determine the fruit of your life. How you live your life is an indicator of how connected you are to Christ. The fruit of your life is an indicator of how connected you are. And I'm aware we're all on this journey together. And there's different stages and different places that people are at, and that's okay. But the challenge is for us to remain connected, to bear fruit, to abide, to stay rooted in Jesus. Uh, how many people remember Veggie Tales? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Got some enthusiasm back there. Bob the Tomato. All right. Uh, I grew up on Veggie Tales and uh, loved Veggie Tales. Such great stories. Uh, great silly songs with Larry. Uh, I, I've in the past number of years I've um, listened to this podcast, and one of the hosts of this podcast is the creator of Veggie Tales. And I've listened now to him for a few years and, and heard some of his stories in bits and pieces. Really interesting story. Guy who's had a dream to impact God's kingdom, right? To build God's kingdom, to use his gifts by creating stories for kids that would kind of root them and connect them to the biblical story. I don't know why he chose vegetables, but he did. Uh, it's kind of a strange concept if you think about it. Talking vegetables who are like Bible characters. But... He created these stories, and as he did, you know, people bought them. And he created the first VHS tape, Veggie Tales, and, and, and you know, people started buying them. And so he started creating more, because more is always better, right? And God continues to bless, you know, what we do more of. And so he, he, he creates more videos, more content, and they start selling more and more and more. And he starts hiring more people. And he, they become the most successful direct-to-video series in history, which is totally not even a thing anymore, right? Direct-to-video, what a world. But they grew from 1996 to 1999. In three short years, they grew from $1.4 million to $44 million the studio had. Uh, only in the Christian film industry do Talking Vegetables make $44 million. Uh, <laughs> They sold 30 million videos. And you look at the story, you go, man, that is so epic. He had this like mini little kingdom. And he talks about how he just assumed God was blessing his dream and his gifts because things were growing and more people wanted more content. And he had dreams of doing a live show and they did a feature film and he hired these people from Pixar and some of these other big studios to help him create more content and more and more and more. And, and eventually the sales stopped and the money started drying up. And some of these people who had moved their families across the country to come and help him build this little kingdom, this empire of vegetables, uh, 
he had to start laying them off. And they were disappointed and hurt and angry and upset. And he grew so fast and he just thought God was blessing his dream. Then he got sued in court and he lost. And the company went bankrupt. And he talks about sitting in court, seeing all of the things he had created, these characters, this dream, this, this big vision he had to impact God's kingdom positively. And it was sold off each item to the highest bidder. And he's watching his dream disappear before his eyes. And he talks about this moment where he had this kind of self-reflection moment. And he opens up scripture and he reads Galatians 5, where it talks about the fruit of the spirit. And, he, and he, he's reading this list, love, peace, joy, faithfulness. And he's realizing in that moment, he doesn't possess any of those. None of those. He's got so much anxiety. He's got lots of ambition, lots of drive, lots of creativity, but none, none of the, the qualities he possessed were on that list. And somewhere along the way, his dream had become bigger than God. Somewhere along the way, his gifts had become bigger than his, his ability to remain connected to God. His gifts had become bigger than God himself. And he writes this line, he says, I realized God had let my dream die, not because he didn't love me, but rather because he loved me so much, because I was actually more important to him than any good work I could accomplish. His dream, his gifts had gotten bigger than himself, than his heart, than his connection to Jesus. Jesus says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing. If you will stay connected to Christ, if you will learn to abide, to, to remain rooted in Jesus, there's gonna be things that come out of your life like joy and, and faithfulness and gentleness. And, and there's lots of things that, you know, we could suggest to help you abide. You know, again, we did those journals for this reason, to help you stay connected. And maybe you're here and you need a bit of community. Maybe you feel like you need a community to support you. We'd love to talk with you and chat with you and see what we can do to plug you in. Uh, but let me just suggest one simple thing as kind of an application point. I don't always do application points, but today I'm going to. Uh, one thing that is gonna help you abide in Christ, and it's simply carving out a bit of time each day for prayer, for, for the word, and for worship. It sounds simple. It's not rocket science. You don't need a, a degree to do it. You can carve out a bit of time each day to open up your heart to what God wants to do and say and, and allow him to begin to shape you. I know we're busy, but we're not that busy. We can take some time to open up our heart, come before the Lord and invite him to shape us, to, to speak to us, to shape our inner self, our heart, the very place where we make decisions. And as you do that, as you grow in your connection with Christ, as you grow in your ability to remain rooted in Jesus, you are gonna get some things like more gifts of the Spirit, more of God's presence in your life. Things are gonna start to shift. Where God says, you know, there's something here for you and you step into those risks, but you're also gonna get the fruit of the Spirit. Peace, joy, patience. These things are gonna come out of you. And by the time you're 70 or 80 or 90, you're gonna look like Jesus. People are gonna be want, people will wanna be in your presence. So you're gonna emulate who Jesus is to the people around you.
And so I want to pray this morning as the band comes, uh, and, and we're going to close here just in a second. I want to just pray for us. Because I wonder, you know, what it looks like for you. I've suggested, you know, a daily rhythm, a routine, a discipline, a practice, whatever word you want to fill in there. And sometimes it is a discipline, sometimes it is a practice, sometimes we don't always want to do it. But a daily rhythm of, of coming before the Lord, opening ourselves up to Him, being in His Word, that, that is going to sustain you, that is going to nourish you, it's going to bear a lot of fruit. But I wonder, you know, in your own life, I don't know what your schedule, your life, your, your sphere of influence, whatever looks like this morning. But I want to just pray and we're just going to ask God to maybe show us, is there something I need to subtract? Something that's pulling me away, kind of distracting me? Is there something that we need to add to our schedule, to our life? Why don't we just take a second to pray together? So God, we... We come before you, Lord, this morning, and we just, yeah, God, we do just ask you to come and speak to us. God, I don't know what the routines and rhythms of, of each and every person here looks like, but you do, and you see our hearts, and God, you cherish our heart, that connection we have to you. You cherish that. It matters to you. And so, God, we want to open ourselves up even in this moment and just ask you, invite you to come and show us, reveal to us, how, how do we do this? Is there something we need to add? Is there something we need to subtract? What is the area of our lives that you want to shift and shape, mold, so that we would look like you, we would represent you, we would emulate joy and hope peace, goodness, righteousness. Yeah, Lord, we want to be people who are led by your spirit. And so, God, whatever thing that might be for us this morning, I pray you'd give us the courage to, to step into that. And as we do, God, as we learn to abide in you, find our identity, our strength, our place of courage. Yeah, we do just pray, God, as we've been praying that you would bring calm in the chaos, clarity in the confusion. You would give us courage to continue, that those things would come naturally to us as we rest and remain rooted in you. And so, God, I pray for just the courage this morning for, for these people in this place, in this time, to say yes to whatever you are inviting them into, to say yes to your spirit, to say yes to the promptings, the nudges, the things that you are inviting us into to take up, maybe to get rid of, maybe to avoid. God, help us say yes. Pray this in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. Thanks for listening to audio from The House. For more information or resources, visit us at thehouseonline.ca.